Well, welcome again to uh, our podcast, The Art of Relationships, uh, with Tim Muehlhoff. Hey, great to be here again. Uh, I'm Chris Grace. And um, we started looking at the uh, topic, Tim, of parenting. And we realized this is a very deep topic. And there are a number of different podcasts we can do on this one. And so let's just uh, continue talking a little bit about ways in which we navigate relationships well, especially when children are in the mix. And so as we navigate relationships, even sometimes as single parents, uh, some of us out there, uh, the notion of parenting is really one that brings up all kinds of angst, yeah. all kinds of concerns. And we have different kids. Some of us have been blessed with children that are easygoing. And then the majority of us, you know, have children that are just simply a, a combination of things, right? Bo- both easy, but also difficult. And times in which they go through seasons themselves. And it just makes it hard for parents to know, is this normal? Am I doing this the right way? And that parent guilt comes into play. And just a disclaimer, Neither of us has been asked to write a book on parenting. <laughs> no, no. no one has called us. No, and even if they did, I'm not sure I, I would accept it. How about hey, you? But, you know, there's a good point to be made even before we jump into this. Uh-huh. So uh, my wife and I speak at family life marriage conferences. There are 60 couples that speak at the marriage conference. Well, there was a time that family life did parenting conferences. And of the 60 couples, they could only get roughly 10 to 15 who would agree to speak at the uh parenting conference because they all felt like, yeah. what do I have to say? Yeah. I'm not qualified, even though these are great people who speak at marriage conferences across the nation. So I think all of us, this is a little bit of our Achilles heel. We're like, how am I qualified to talk about parenting? And and we've done so many things wrong. Well, all of us are in that camp, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, wrong. I remember when our kids were uh, they were three and four, and I had just put together this uh, barbecue grill, you know, and it had the propane gas, and and I just put it together. And I knew it was going. It was sitting on the patio, and the kids are already fascinated by this thing, and they're pushing the buttons, and hadn't even started yet for the first time. And so I brought them over. I, I opened, you know, I, I, I kind of kept the lid closed and I showed them, guys, I want to show you this is dangerous. This isn't a toy. So I turned on the gas. I said, turned it off, turned it on, turned it off, saying, you don't touch this button, all right? And then there's a, a button that actually lights something. And I said, guys, you do not. Whatever you do, that's the gas. And I'm showing it again in the lids closed. And so the gas is building up inside there every time I turn this button. And then I said, now lean closer. I want to show you something. I'm going to open up this lid and I'm going to push this big red button. And I don't ever want you guys to touch this big red button. <laughs> and as I opened up that lid and I pushed that red button, I said, now you watch. And they leaned in and I pushed it. Oh and that gosh. gas had been building up. Oh. And it was literally a fireball oh. that singed all of our eyebrows and eyelashes <laughs> and the front of our hair. And the kids just jumped back and looked at me. And I'm going, oh, boy. <sighs> And yeah. then Elisa yeah. comes running, and she wants to know what just happened. And the kids are going, Mom, Mom. don't ever touch that red button. <laughs> and so in some ways, the kids, you know, uh, never again wanted to play with that machine. Listen, we've all had mess-ups. Yeah. You know, parenting, our kids are alive. And yeah. And all the Grace's kids are in therapy now <laughs> saying, I'm often chased by a big red button. <laughs> I will never eat a grilled hamburger in my life. So That's one right. of the things that we do then, Tim, is we all have mess ups and it's all difficult. And there is no run right way. You know, there are people right. out there that say, right. well, follow this method. But right. um, and, and some of us do. We love to follow methods about how to do discipline and things. But 
in reality, um, most of us are going to find that each of our kids are so unique and so different yeah. that some things work yeah. really well. So in our family, for example, one of the things that we learned was that for our first child, he was a master at being able to go into timeout, sit there, and it really didn't bother him. I remember one time we came home and I asked Elisa, hey, where's Drew? She's like, uh, you know, he... Oh no, I put him in timeout. I go, when? She goes, like 35 <laughs> minutes ago. He's been in timeout just. And so we go back in the room and he is sitting there just hanging out, uh, you know, enjoying life. Yeah, 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 yeah. While we realized at that moment, yeah. timeout was not going to work with this yeah. kid. Um, the other a kid came out and immediately we knew that this was a social child <laughs> who you put her in timeout, she was not going to be happy. And so there were just different techniques that we had to use, right? Um, so let's talk about those in different ways that we as parents can navigate our children's uniquenesses as well. And, le- and I think that's a great point as we launch this is let's not get so committed to our way. Remember, now, remember years ago, there was that book called Parenting God's Way. Yeah. I mean, that co- Parenting God's Way. Well, I-, I think we need to have a little bit of humility. And I'm not even saying that there weren't good things in that book. Right. I'm just saying, uh, let's realize that we need to give each other a little bit of grace yeah. that people are going to do things slightly different. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our kids and yeah. we all just have to um, do what's best for our kids. Yeah. One of our kids, uh, when we would put him on timeout, would be so angry, he would clean his entire room. <laughs> so sometimes when we had company coming, we'd just make up something to discipline him. We'd say, okay, sorry, you're on timeout. And by the way, I'm going to rotate rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so what are some thoughts you have about, um, well, I think as we talk about what, what's, what I guess we would kind of briefly call this to maybe engaged parenting, right? It's learning how our kids develop and grow, but we do that simply by staying engaged with them because they are each individually, they're yeah. unique and different and they have different ways yeah. and different tendencies. And I think last time yeah. we talked a little bit about you knew the love language of these kids. Well, discipline doesn't work the same with right. every kid. And right. I think for a parent to be engaged, to know that it's something that we do naturally. We figure this out. We see our kids, how they respond. We knew, for example, that with one of our kids, again, the same kid, we knew that we weren't going to be able to use timeouts because they weren't going to be effective. But boy, here's what we did learn. We knew that if we took away his little tiny savings account, whatever money he had in there by saying, if you hit your sister, we're taking five bucks, you're going to pay. It was extremely effective because the kid didn't want to give up that money. And he's like, no, please, I'll never (laughs) do that again. And and, and so that was an effective way. Spanking sometimes might be one of those things as well. But really, I think this what this involves, Tim, is being engaged and understanding how that works. So being engaged and avoiding that tendency of being withdrawn. Yeah, we have a friend. I think that's great, Chris. We have a friend of ours who's one of the top child psychologists in Arizona. And we have three boys. So, you know, like every parent, we're, we're freaking out a little bit. Like, what should we do? And he said, listen, let me give you my best single piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Get one-on-one time yeah. with your kids. So we have three boys. He said, listen, you go out there to shoot baskets, grab one of them. If somebody else comes out and says, I want to shoot, okay, you will in 20 minutes. He said, grab one kid and go to the store with that child because you want to hear what's happening in his or her life. And uh, you can't parent parent in a herd. So I I thought that was great to to, uh, just 
grab one kid and say, okay, I got to make a quick errand. Come with me. I think that's great because what it does is this point, this notion of being engaged emotionally versus withdrawn is something that we all battle, right? I mean, we give all of our time and our emotional energy to work. And so here, you know, the wife comes home, she's been working all day or the husband comes home and all of that energy has been used up. And then the kids and the spouse get the yeah, leftovers. Yeah. And what we really need to be able to do is learn how not to give our best to work. We don't have an endless supply of energy. And then the challenge is, is not to give our spouse or our children the leftovers. So that idea uh, is, is, is really being able to learn how to draw boundaries and how to have a, a moment of like detoxifying yeah. or a moment of kind of re-engaging before you walk back into that house, whatever you've been doing, so that you're a, a, able to provide your kids not with the leftovers, but with attention and being engaged. And uh, uh, sometimes we make the mistake of seeing our front door as the finish line, mm-hmm. right? I've put in hard work. Now I'm just going to get home. I just want to relax. And again, there needs to be seasons of life, right? When you have young, young kids, you just can't do that. I mean, yeah. they're going to be demanding, but they also go to bed early. Yeah. Now, when they get older, it becomes more emotionally draining. Yeah. So I, I like that, Chris, of... Something at the end of the day, and maybe that's even your commute home, is to turn off music or even the radio and say, Lord, I need you to give me grace. I need you to give me strength. Uh, Maybe it's listening to worship music. But again, I've often experienced that where, okay, I'm home. (laughs) Now I want me time. And that, that just doesn't work well. That's why God suggests that every week we have like Sabbath rest mm-hmm. to store up energy for the demands that are going to be hitting us on a weekly basis. Well, I think that's right. And, and we're not saying um, that it's wrong to have time and right, alone right, time, right? right? I mean, space is okay, especially some people just need it right after work or right, right. after they've been engaged in some event. Um, uh, and I think that that's – but I think the idea is, is re-engaging again and putting a, a, yeah. the ability to do that well, right? But, but we have to make a distinction here between rest and leisure. Yeah. See – Leisure, what one guy said, is like cotton candy for the soul. I I like to go play this video game. I like to just um, surf the web, okay? Well, I I can see why leisure is important sometimes, but we're more talking about these pockets of rest where your soul gets revitalized. And maybe we can even do a whole podcast on what are these disciplines that people in the ancient church would incorporate in order to help them... um, meet all the demands of parenting, marriage, and community life. Yeah, and then, Tim, eventually we even talked about this before, that notion of doing that in a way that is um, you do it in front of your children yeah. as well. So they see this, yeah. that you are making time for that, which is important. What great modeling, an opportunity for them to see my parents, this is important to them. This is important to my dad or my mom to be engaged with God, to have a relationship, to slow down, to be quiet. Um, and that's and, and it, we can't control the effects of it. I remember one time, Chris, I, I I heard a sermon and got deeply convicted that I wasn't praying for my kids enough or stuff like that. So I decided for about you know a couple of weeks to set my alarm twenty minutes early mm-hmm. and be downstairs um, praying for my kids. So <clears throat> and you wonder if it is helping at all. But one time, my middle son came down and I was thinking, yes, yes. So he comes down and I'm there. 
I'd been dozing off literally two minutes before that, but he, <laughs> I was there and he goes, dad, what are you doing? I said, hey, I'm praying for all three of my boys that you would become godly men. And there was a pause and he goes, hey, are there any egos for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, in the freezer. So, but you know, we're trusting that the yeah. Holy Spirit is using not only to refresh you, but your kids see this. They, they see mom and dad getting yeah. refreshed. That's important. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, one of the things we talk about during this time is also it does help us, you know, uh, in engaging with our uh, children that way. When, when we work at this, when we work at, you know, avoiding this tendency and desire and need to withdraw and to find our time. But in doing so, it also does something very powerful when we communicate to each other because literally every conversation that we have with anyone, there is what we call a transfer of affect, mm -hmm. right? And it's important for parents, I think, to know that when they're talking to their kids, they are transferring affect uh, just in their nonverbal as well as with their words. So that implicit message, that transfer yeah. of affect is something like, I like you, yeah. I care for you, I, I, I pray for you, versus, yeah. you know, I'm distracted and I don't like you. That's the message. And so yeah. staying engaged. So that's the, the first one, I think, is that notion of engaged and staying engaged versus withdrawn. A second one, <laughs> Tim, I want to talk about is that idea of uh, for us in protectiveness as a parent, that, that, that kicks in. But that idea of being interested versus indifferent, um, it's similar, but that idea of when we look at our kids, when we watch them, we actually recognize that they are unique beings, that they have a, a soul. They are created in yeah, a certain way yeah. and being interested <laughs> and watching them. You talked a little bit about this notion of how you determine your kids' background, their love language and things like that. And that yeah. idea shows and keeps you engaged when we stay interested versus indifferent. And I would say stay young mm -hmm. in your interest. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many parents I've met where they just say, oh, you know, that generation with their <laughs> phones that can launch missiles and <laughs> Facebook and man, stay young with this. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I don't have a smartphone. I, mm -hmm. I've just chosen not to do it, but I text my kids a lot and yeah. send them goofy texts. Like I just say, I send them the letter K. <laughs> Okay. And you're there like, Dad, seriously. But I remember I remember um, sitting down with my kids. They were playing Call of Duty 24-7, right? Mm -hmm. That whole phase, Black yeah. Ops, so that whole yeah. thing. Now, on one hand, I could have just dug my heels in and said, okay, this is ridiculous. You're rotting your brains, yeah. which, by the way, we did put limits on how much they could play. But I'll never forget the day where I walked in, all three of them were there. I said, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to play. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? Yeah. I said, no, I'd like to, yeah, this, this looks cool. L let's play. And they were like, really? And you could just see the enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny, Chris? So here they are. Uh, we can pick our weapons. I have picked a nuclear bomb launcher. <laughs> My child has picked a sharpened stick. And they kill me. Okay, dad, go. <laughs> Boom, you're dead. What? What? But it, we laughed. Yeah. And again, that's where 
So often we say to our kids, hey, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to like this. So again, and again, if you have a conviction against video games, like, okay, but find something mm-hmm. that the kids really like and don't mm-hmm. be a fuddy-duddy. Mm-hmm. Sit down and say, I want to learn this. This would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a great uh, kind of message that communicates to your kids, right? You want to be part of their world. You want to be engaged yeah. with them, even if it just feels mind-numbing to you. <laughs> it's just, I am here for you yeah. and I'll put yeah. up with this. Yeah. Watching, <laughs> you know, kids trying to hit a baseball when they're six or seven is mind-numbing. It's painful. Uh, But you do it because it's communicating something. I want to invest in you. So another one, Tim, to talk about is this idea. We briefly talked about it earlier, but it's this idea of being attentive and being aware, uh, present when you are present. My bad. My bad. bad. What that leads me to is this notion, Tim, that we talk a little bit about, and that's multitasking. Uh. One of the concerns of seeing how, gosh, in this world today, man, that email, for example, is an amazing distraction, right? It that the work never leaves us. We're always able to get something. We're always on wireless. We're always able to be there. And multitasking, Tim, has some issues and some problems I think that parents need to deal with and talk about. So one of the things that I would say is as you deal with look multitasking, there really may be one, uh, th- there are not as many things as dangerous as multitasking mm. when it comes to parenting, just as it comes to driving. Oh, think yeah. about that. Driving uh, when you are multitasking is extremely dangerous. You simply can't do it, right? You, If you glance down, one of the most common problems and biggest issues we now face in this society is just people who are trying to do too much while they're driving, and it's extremely dangerous. You are most likely going to find massive accidents, yeah, injuries, yeah. and problems resulting from that. Well, it's the same thing with parenting. We mm-hmm. believe we can do two things at once. Well, multitasking has some problems with it. Multitasking, first of all, even the word multitasking is misleading because it doesn't mean that you could do or carry out two tasks at the same time. That's what we believe. Yeah. In reality, what multitasking is, is switching, right? We, we do one task, we pay attention, and then we switch. Well, the problem with multitasking is we have this thing called switch costs. Switch costs are those tolls that come into play when we switch from one to another. We lose the ability to pay attention to both things. Yeah. Now, that is exactly where our kids feel this pain. So, with rare exceptions, people don't carry out two or more tasks literally at the same time. They switch between them. And that switch time is takes not only time, but it has a cost. They're small, but we can measure them and we have found them. So parents checking Facebook, checking email, <laughs> coming in. Do you know how often, Tim, people have been found to look at emails while they're at work and at home? They average yeah. at work. They did this recent study in 2015 that American workers, and this probably applies to a lot of other countries as well, but they spend an average of six and almost six and a half hours a day <laughs> checking email. That's amazing. So wow. three hours, that's work emails and three hours with personal message emails. Well, that doesn't end, unfortunately, when people get home. And this is beginning to show in our relationships and our parenting. Yeah, I'm sorry. I phased out a little bit because I was checking my email. <laughs> Noreen, I just won a million dollars. I just have to send them my social security number. No, but Chris, I, but let's give one one exception to what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely, this multitasking 
sends a ton of negative. Yeah. But again, we want to give grace to parents of toddlers. Yeah. By definition, a parent of a toddler is a multitasker. Yeah. There's five things that are happening at once. You live in a state of chaos. We're talking about uh, where it's just that is my go-to habit. Yeah. I'm, I'm multitasking all the time. Right. We need to create those pockets mm-hmm. where we don't multitask. We right. say, hey, kids, let's turn off all electronic ev- devices. Yeah. Um, let's just sit and talk, play a board game yeah. and turn the phones off and mom and dad aren't going to. So I like that. But, you know, there are certain seasons of life where you just got to multitask mm-hmm. and just accept it that that's part of the chaos we live in. But if you're in perpetual chaos, yeah. again, we don't want to harp on this over and over and over. But that's why God said once a week, I want Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to unplug. I want you to be fully present with me. So that's a great suggestion. We, we give grace to the people who just have to multitask. But most of us, it's become a bad habit. We don't need to do it. We're just addicted to doing it. Yeah, and I think you've talked in the past, and I think you even challenged some of your students to do this. It's almost like a, a tech fast, right? Yeah. A fast from yeah. technology yeah. as a way to detoxify or to find those. You know, we talk about this as a place in which we can find space. We can find boundaries. We can say we are not going to turn on. I heard last night my wife say this to our child. Hey, it's 9 o'clock. No more phone. Mm. It's now time to begin re- getting ready for the night, for the oh, bed, for whatever. And I, you know, I heard her. And I heard, you know, my daughter say, "Okay, okay, I'm done." And now, th- those are uh, great ways to do it. There's even this new technology thing that a friend of ours found, and it's called the Circle, and it's something that even Disney has sponsored. It's just a an advice, uh, a, a way in which parents can track usage, but it also controls turning on and off wireless at huh. a certain pre-discuss, you know, scheduled time, and that could be really good for families for both the yeah. child, but yeah. also for the parents. Yeah, How about, right. Tim, this idea of having times in which yeah. there is a tech-free zone, yeah. right? The kit, the kitchen table, when we're together, uh, right? Those are moments. Date night. And date night. Date night. Yep. Yeah. Turning yeah. off that yeah. phone. And, you know, there are exceptions. You know, parents go out on a date night. One of them wants to be connected to the babysitter just in case. No, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And, but instead, they know this is my time with you. So, so those are some ways in which, uh, Tim, this idea of parenting comes in, right? With the, the idea of uh, giving them all of our, uh, you know, emotional energy and not giving it up at work where we stay engaged. You know, that idea of also learning how to be interested and not indifferent yeah. And, yeah. and then being attentive and that idea um, also just simply being able to show a, a child, to show our spouse that when we're in the same room, when we're there and talking, we are present, right? Yeah. And, and we're present when we're present, we're there. We call that mindfulness, being yep. fully present in a moment. And uh, man, we should do a whole show on this, yeah. how technology is really keeping us from being fully present in a moment. Yeah. But but that's great to give undivided attention yeah. to a child, a spouse. Um, now, there's, there's times that's not realistic. Yeah. You can't walk through the door and chaos is going and saying, hey, I want yeah. your undivided attention. That's just that's not right. going to happen. Yeah. But maybe there's ways of when the kids are young to put them to bed a little early or yeah. send them upstairs and say, hey, I want you to watch a half hour video. Mm-hmm. Mom and I are, are going to make a cup of coffee. Yeah. Do not come down yeah. unless there is blood or you've seen Jesus <laughs> bodily, right? There's just certain parameters. <laughs> Um, And and let me throw out one last one that was given to us by a a child psychologist as well. When your kids are in high school, again, parenting is seasons of life, obviously. Uh, When your kids are in high school, he suggested this, and we actually did it. Sit down 
and say, what, what voice do you feel like you have in the family roles? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what say do you have? And mm-hmm. are there any roles that you would change that you think are unfair? Mm-hmm. Man, we did that. And now, we, there were a lot of rules they wanted to get rid of, of mm-hmm. course, but man, we had a great conversation. One of the best conversations we've had is to say, what what say do you have in these rules and where can we loosen up the rules? Yeah. Um, that same psychologist did a, lo- a longitudinal study on whether kids adopted faith as adults mm-hmm. and what parenting style fostered that. Yeah. The strict, strict um, disciplinarians had the lowest response rate of kids mm-hmm. following faith later in life. It was the parents who were fluid mm-hmm. in their roles that actually had the lar- uh, longest, most successful rate of their kids following the faith in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a whole lot of topics yeah. we can talk about, right, with parenting. So let's do that. Let's continue and and uh, on a regular basis, we'll keep bringing this up. Go off. Of some of our listeners have sent in some great questions over time and responded. Yep. You can do that as well at cmr.biola.edu. Just send a question and and uh, we'll answer that and talk about it. Whether it's discipline styles, parenting styles, this whole notion of how do you discipline physical punishment? Oh yeah. and we can cover yeah. all those and let's do that on on future podcasts. What do you think? Because we're we're parents. Parenting experts, and I think we should share our wealth, <laughs> and then have the kids on. And then, yeah, Wouldn't that be hilarious? Oh, that would be awesome. No, we would not. We're not going to do that. No, please don't. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us again on the Art of Relationships. Again, come to our website. Check out the ways in which you can look at for different material, events, uh, help. Whether it's a other bo- uh, podcast or whether it's some blogs that we put together and some events going on, um, come check it out. Uh, So, for The Art of Relationships, I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Muehlhoff. And we'll talk next time.